one and a two and a one, two, three. Hey guys. I was about to say I'm Crystal, but I'm not. I'm Cat. <laughs> I'm Crystal. <laughs> okay. One more time. Hi guys, I'm Cat and I'm Crystal. And welcome back to Alternative Interests. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh today we are bringing you part 2 of Anna Kreisel. So actually, before you say it, I actually wanted to do a quick update on something because Go ahead. Um, remember a couple of weeks ago, you told me Casey Anthony opened yes, her own private her PAI firm. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I happened across an article talking about it and it mentioned and I don't know why I didn't connect this earlier, but it mentioned the fact that because she's a convicted felon, she can't get a PI license. Well, that totally makes sense. Right, but but then how? What is she gonna do? I I what well, I when ugh, I, let me talk like a human being. Um, I sounded like a two year old when they start telling their stories. <laughs> when I when I when I yeah. um <laughs> when they're like super excited and yeah they, yeah. Uh, when I was reading the article, it had said something about so apparently the lawyer that her lawyer that defended her during the trial she became very very close with and like a part of his family and there was also other rumors of some sort of romantic involvement too but I don't know I don't think that ever really panned out but I think he has opened up his own and I could be totally wrong and totally this could be false and that she is working with him so she's not totally a certified P.I. Okay. But she, I would assume, knowing that information, she's like an assistant. Okay, because I thought I saw that she was opening her own, like as in she was owning it. She probably, I mean, there's probably some loopholes that she went through and, and her right. lawyer and I mean, friend could, is helping her. I don't know. Right, and she could own it, just not be the one, because so... Her being an investigator is not that big a deal. The whole thing about getting the PI license uh-huh. is that that is what enables you to get all the information that the public can't. Oh. So she wouldn't be a very effective PI without a license. She could still do snooping and surveillance and stuff, but she oh. would have to actually hire people with licenses. And I'm sure that's what would happen, too. I'm sure probably that's the plan. And I'm pretty sure, although I don't, know how this wouldn't backfire that they're probably using her name as a publicity kind of thing for it yeah and there was a quote from her in the article i read that was so smug and i just wanted to reach through the screen and strangle her that she was like i just want to help other women who have been wrongfully accused as i was oh my gosh casey come on I, I don't believe you for a second. But okay. Yeah. Her and her face have been smug since, you know, day one of that whole mess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't think I would have her track down um, anyone or anything that I needed. So. Yeah. I mean, let's start her out on like simple stuff like a lost puppy. 
I think she can. I mean, that. not even a lost puppy. I mean, she couldn't even find her daughter. <laughs> she did that. Look she for her daughter that she claimed was with uh, a nanny, and then um, at this apartment, and then with these people. And no, I'm sorry. I know. No. I know people can change. I know people make mistakes, but that uh, that whole thing. It, was not right from the start so yeah so come at me people if you don't agree but yeah i just wanted to add that one little piece that yes she's opening it but she can't even legally get a license i just, that was interesting yeah. to me yeah that is very interesting all right well part two of this tragic story which i i don't know did you enjoy part one not that i did you enjoy really part enjoy, one. I, mean, I mean not that you can enjoy it but it's it's a good I don't even know how to it's a good case but sad case right and I I'm surprised that I haven't heard about this yeah. I feel like crimes against children especially by children yeah tend to be so publicized I can't believe I didn't know anything about this well it is Ireland but it's also interesting how things work in Ireland as far as the police and investigations and you'll soon hear trials like just how different you know some of it goes yeah here so part two so when we left off last time it was a sad ending where they did um in fact end up finding the body of Anna in that abandoned uh, historical house that was kind of off to the side of St. Catherine's Park uh, where they were searching. And from the looks of it, it was, you know, a very brutal murder. And, uh, and that night when they found the body, Geraldine and Patrice, Anna's adoptive parents or her parents, uh, had to go and identify uh, their daughter's body, which I'm sure was the most horrible thing. I yeah, could. I can't imagine having to I, do that. I, 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 yeah, it's so horrible that I can't even fathom any of the emotions or feelings that would have happened. I, I can't, and I don't want to, frankly. So Geraldine and Patricia, sorry, not Patricia. <laughs> 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 Geraldine and Patrice uh, positively identify their daughter's body. Uh, the state pathologist, Professor Marie Cassidy, who is now retired, uh, she performed the full autopsy on Anna's body that night. Um, she had even, by this point, the case was so huge um, that once it was revealed that Anna's body was found, Marie Cassidy personally went to the crime scene to personally oversee the transport of the body to her lab in North Dublin herself. She didn't want anyone to, you know, damage anything or compromise anything. So she personally went down there to make sure everything um, that Anna's body was transported was transported and and everything was good. Um, so among the findings during the autopsy, there were 50 injury sites total on Anna's body. Wow. The, there was bruises and lacerations all over, especially on her head, face, and neck. And there were also injuries to suggest that there was penetration or at least some sort of penetration attempted in her vaginal area and in her vagina with a foreign object. Oh, um, man. I yeah. mean, okay, so refresh my memory here. Uh -huh. 
Anna was 14. Mm-hmm. And the boy A and boy B were 15. 13. No, 13. they are 13 years oh, old. Oh, they were younger. Man. Yes. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, you said for an object. I wonder how much of that is just like pubescent curiosity. Well, I mean, that doesn't make it any better. But It doesn't make it any better. And if you remember when the detectives or the investigators came upon Anna's body, there was a bloody brick among, you know, the yeah. objects in the room and a bloody stick. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and maybe you don't know this. Was it a stick? When I hear stick, uh-huh. I think of something that's like the size of like a 12 inch ruler was it like a stick or was it more like a a larger you know I don't know when I think of stick I think of like a thick branch is like what a I walking think of. stick yeah like a branch you would find in the woods or just like a, a branch off a look at me I'm an arborist like a branch off a tree <laughs> stick is so ambiguous so yeah yeah I wish, I wish there was a way to like know. I wish I knew yeah I wish I knew. I'm sure you can find out. I did not um, investigate that part of it because maybe I, always focus I don't want to know. Details, yeah, exactly. It's okay. So um, it was also determined and conclusive whether Anna was conscious at the time of the sexual assault. So, and I'm going to explain this more a little later, but they think she was uh, murdered or killed and then taken to a different spot in that room, in that abandoned house where there was more light, where the sexual assault took place. But she was killed in the house. Yeah. She was killed in, in the room okay. in the house. Yeah. And then oh, moved okay. to a spot so, with more light. So it's like they dragged the her over closer yeah, to the window. So okay. they could see basically. Yeah. Um, but those injuries that I was telling you about in the 50 injury sites later during the trial, it would take Marie Cassidy 40 minutes just to list the trauma inflicted on Anna's body. 40 minutes. Could you imagine those poor parents sitting in trial and listening to 40 minutes of all the injuries that I didn't realize it's that was during her testimony. That yes, at the at trial, yeah, man, that is a lot. I'm surprised that the defense didn't object to that. I mean, no. I don't know if they would have any grounds to object to it, but that's a lot. I think at this point, and you'll find out later in the trial that like there really wasn't anything to object to because it was crystal clear who was involved in this, okay. After they removed Anna's body and um, during that time of the autopsy, obviously the forensic investigators went to work on the room and, uh, you know, bagging all the evidence at the scene. Um, And so after they did all of that and they investigated all of that, they concluded that Anna had been beaten to the ground with a stick shortly after she had entered that room. Mm. And then she was hit four times with a heavy object. So the concrete block that was there, as I mentioned before, could have been that object. Uh, She was pulled towards a window with more light, sexually assaulted there. Her clothing was scattered throughout the room, um, as were her false nails. She had like press-on nails, Mm -hmm. um, which indicated that she put up a huge fight. Yeah. Huge fight. 
Um, there was also semen that they collected from Anna's top. And then um, all the fingerprints and blood, though, that they found at the scene belonged just to Anna. Oh, weird. Yeah. And you'll find out more about that later because this is just them processing this, yeah. this scene with all the preliminary, you know, uh, investigation. Okay. So while the police had already deemed boy A and boy B uh, suspicious, like they knew these two, you know, it was suspicious, their stories and, and just how they changed their stories was very sloppy. Uh, there was still no physical evidence that placed them with Anna in that room yet. So at the very beginning of this, when they started investigating the room and collecting evidence, they still couldn't find anything physical to connect them with that, even though they, you know, all the police had suspicions, right? They had something to do with it. They just didn't know to what capacity yet. Yeah. So remember, though, the police had already taken several items belonging to boy A because they were investigating that attack. Remember, he had oh, said, yeah. boy A had said that when Anna left and boy B left and he didn't know, he was like, oh, they're just leaving. I'm going to walk home now. He said he claimed he was attacked by two adult males. Mm -hmm. So I think in order to get into his head a little bit more, I think the I think the cops knew it was bullshit from the very beginning, the two male attackers, right? Especially his harrowing story, how they like pushed him to the ground. And then he was just, he just kicked them and then they ran away. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So uh, I think they made a big deal about investigating it to kind of get into boy A's head a little bit more. I think also because if they're saying, oh, we believe you and we're investigating this, then give his me guard. your jacket. Yeah. Give it, me your and shoot. that's like, like we we think that they might have something on you. Like yes, and that is exactly what they did. So uh, they collected the shoes A was wearing that night, as well as his cell phone. Um, oh, good. On his phone alone, they found some screenshots and some search history that was very interesting and very telling. So they he had some screenshots of YouTube videos. Uh, one of them was called The 15 Most Gruesome Torture Methods in History. An okay. Another one was Horror Films That Will Blow Everything Away. And then another one was Until Dawn Get Jessica's Clothes Off, which apparently is a horror video game in the UK. And uh, I, I meant to actually research that and look it up, but I, I didn't. But I mean, you can imagine what that video game is about if it's called yeah, Until, John, Until Dawn Get Jessica's Clothes Off. That's a bit of a concerning yeah. name. Are you, uh, yeah. As, if my son's playing that game, I'm definitely concerned. Now, all of that could easily be written off as just a disturbed, you know, teenage boy's weird interests, right? Because when I was a teenager, I mean, granted, we didn't have access to the internet as teens nowadays do, but I'm sure just out of sheer curiosity and just the way my mind works, I would have looked up some pretty morbid stuff on the internet. Nothing like the 15 most gruesome torture methods in history. But I think what was popular when I was growing up was, uh, what was that one, um, 
one video that everybody watched. It, oh, 15 ways to die or a hundred horrible ways to what do you do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was like it was like a movie that was super popular. I'm sure Taryn knows. It was like 50 ways to die or a hundred ways to die. And it was like this movie that was out to rent. I don't, I don't know. I never watched it cause my parents wouldn't allow me, but, uh, anyways. Um, so uh, like I said, that all could have like, the police could have seen that and been like, okay, this kid is just a little disturbed and whatever. Uh, but what caught their attention was he also had a search on his phone, um, that was abandoned places in Lucan, which was near St. Catherine's Park, which is right on um, the outskirts of St. Catherine's Park. So he was looking up and searching, actively searching for abandoned places. Yeah, which is, I mean, he's a teenage boy. There's a ton of reasons they might want abandoned places, but it's odd that he's the last one to see um Anna and exactly he happened just happened to look at this yeah so remember all of that investigating of his phone and of his shoes was before Anna's body was discovered so finally a big break came two days after they found the body when the tests came back positive for Anna's blood found on the bottom of A's shoe so oh, his shoes that they collected had Anna's blood all over them. So finally, after a week of having her body and knowing, you know, and knowing what happened, police were finally able to get a warrant for the boy's arrest. And so that happened on May 24th. So as soon as the test came back positive for Anna's blood, they arrested both of the boys. Good. I mean, that's really fast. Yeah. So, and things go fast from here. So you, you have to listen because it moves pretty fast after this from what they, how it starts and what they did. And it actually was the speed at which, uh, the charges came and then, um, the trial was, uh, unheard of in Ireland. Like things usually don't go this fast, but I think everyone was really deeply disturbed and affected by this case that they wanted to bring justice for Anna and, you know, help her parents too. So since they were 13 though, they had to go about things very carefully. Uh, when they got the arrest warrant for the boys, they informed both families a day before that the warrants would be served so that the parents could be the ones to take them to the station to avoid a, you know, the attention of a public arrest or, then, or them taken from their homes in handcuffs. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So what what would happen if the parents decided to help their to child flee? run? Then the parents would be in trouble, I guess. That's interesting. I just, is it because they're so young? I think like, if they were 16 or 17, would they still have this? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's because, they, well, you'll hear, I think, and towards the end, I talk about this, but um, age of responsibility in Ireland is and we'll go down and look at this, is 10 years old, actually. But when you... No, age of responsibility in Ireland is 12 years old. But when you add um, rape in there, it's 10 years old. 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyways, but I think their motive for this was for the parents taking them to the station and kind of trusting that the parents would take them to the station is as soon as the parents left to take the boys to the station and have them under custody, the police searched their homes. They had a warrant to search both of the homes. Um, of the boys and so they even went there so when the parents were at the station with the boys they said hey by the way we have a search warrant for your homes we're going to go search that and so even when they went to their home they took rental cars so that no one would see patrol cars at the boys houses too that's sneaky I think that just because they were 13 they wanted to keep their identities really private Obviously, since we still only know them as boy A and boy B. It may not be that they wanted to. It might be that their law dictates they have mm-hmm. to. And again, this is Ireland. So things are totally different there. So any and all evidence that was taken from the homes were placed into black garbage bags, again, to avoid suspicion from like the town around them, right, as mm-hmm. to what was being taken out. And these were rental cars. So all they know is like there was a cleaning service at the boys' homes or something. Um, it was later revealed that evidence pulled from A's home was a backpack. And there were very some very interesting items in that backpack. There were gloves knee pads, shin guards, a scarf-like homemade mask, kind of like a ski mask. But when I think ski mask, I think black ski mask. But this one was homemade. It was skin colored. So I'm thinking tan. And it only covered the top half of the face. And there were eye holes and, um, and nose holes. Right. But then like the jaw area had been cut out, but then there was like the, these makeshift sharp teeth that were drawn onto the upper jaw part and painted red. So weird. Yeah. So I'm thinking, just think of a, a, of a ski mask that's covering down to like the upper lip. Right. But there's red teeth cut out right there on the upper part of the lip and then a nose hole and two eye holes and it's skin colored. Which is, I don't know why, but the skin colored seems creepier to me than if it was black. Very creepy. So all of those items were found in a backpack at boys. All totally normal for a Oh, totally. Boy. They also confiscated two more phones in A's room that contained about over 12,000 images that were mostly pornographic and others that depicted extreme violence towards women. Yes. And these were, where is he getting all these? I have no idea. So uh, like, if we're counting, that's three phones boy A has because he gave that to the police when they were investigating the attack by those two fake men. And now they confiscated two more in the house from him. So also, and here's where this goes beyond a typical teenage boy's, you know, weird searches. They uncovered searches for child pornography and horse Ugh. pornography. Horse? Um, horse pornography on those phones as well. Okay. Um, 
odd. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine you have a son and then you're like, oh, I'm just going to do a quick little spot check, see what Johnny's up to. So oh, let me, da, da, da. oh horse born. <laughs> what year was this? This was 2018. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so stop right there with your, what year was this? Was this when horses only did porn? No, no Crystal, no. because porn, horse porn, either way is weird. <laughs> I'm asking because this is going to, I swear this was better known, but maybe it wasn't. I grew up near a town <laughs> that was um, very, like, country. Oh, no. Um and there was a man that was arrested for sodomizing a horse. Oh, you know, I think I heard that case. That's why I was wondering what year it was, because I swear that it was like huge news. And so uh, that's why I was wondering, because, you know, kids always tend to hear about this stuff. They always well, yeah, hear and then, about like the weird man, like fucking a horse. Yeah. Well, I hear so, about it, too. But there is nothing in my body. And, you know, you and I, we look at and read some pretty weird, morbid things. But there is nothing that would urge me to be like horse porn. Hmm. Let me <laughs> let me see what that's all about. I would I don't even want to imagine what is involved in horse pornography or or having sex with a horse. I I just I'm I'm good. I'm good. Not knowing. Okay. I will I will have lived a full life not ever seeing anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh man. So they took the boys uh, to separate stations for interviews. Now, remember, both of the boys had gone through interviews with the police before, but now they were arrested and now they had physical evidence to tie at least boy A to the scene. So now these uh, interviews were getting pretty intense. Um, So speaking to boy A and of boy A, if you didn't like him before, buckle up because you're not going to like him now. But during his interview and interrogation, he would not let up. He denied and denied and did not. Even with all of this evidence that they had found on his phones and this disturbing stuff that they had, and even soon they were going to let him know about the physical evidence, he kept denying it. He was even shown CCTV footage of two figures, which was actually Boy B and Anna coming into the park, going okay. going towards his that house, right? Um, and he actually told the police, oh, wow, this is great news because maybe those two were the people that uh, attacked me. Oh, my God. And they're like, he even asked, do you guys have more? More footage of this? And the police are like, dude, that's your friend and Anna. Like, what are you talking about? Um, And then when confronted about the blood on his shoe and when he was told that it matched Anna's, the kid had the audacity to act shocked and say, oh, are you joking me? You can't be serious. Like, (laughs) he was just, just totally like, Wow, that's so weird. I bet you, I bet you that those two men, <laughs> men that attacked, attacked me 
attacked her too. And yeah. when they attacked me, they got her blood on the bottom of my shoe. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it and now that you say that, I think that is why he made up the story of the two men attacking him so that perhaps later, if they did come across the body of Anna, he could be like, well, what if it's those two guys that attacked me, that attacked Anna too, you know? So... I don't know. That's what I was thinking in my head. Anyways, several times the boy was asked about the content on his phone and his screenshots, and he just played it off as it as if it was he was just a normal boy and was interested in horror films and human anatomy. Yeah, horse porn is not human anatomy. Sorry, those boy, are not eh? the kinds of things you look at no. when you're interested in yeah. anatomy. Yeah, and he said, oh, and that torture stuff came up because I was searching horror films. So that's just like, uh, that just comes up when you search horror films. And abandoned places near the park where the body was found with the body's blood on the bottom of my shoe. That just comes up in horror. Come on. This boy, he just makes me it's mad. It's like he thinks he's smart. Yeah. Dude, you're 13 years old. Yeah, exactly. They also asked him about the tape found around her neck, and he claimed he had never even heard of tape like that before and wouldn't even <laughs> wouldn't even know where to buy such oh tape. Oh, my God. The hardware store. Exactly. At various times, he was asked very direct questions about his involvement, about being there, about having something to do with their murder. Even more specifically, were you in that room? And, like, referring to the blood that they found on his shoe. And the boy repeatedly denied all all of it responding mostly with no no comment i don't know like that like towards the end of his interviews that's all he was saying no comment no i don't know by the way he did have a lawyer present with him obviously both boys did since they're 13 you know throughout all of their uh interviews and right. his as soon as he was uh arrested his father's company actually gave him their company lawyer which is weird. I don't even know what his dad does, but that's weird. I would not. I'd be like, um, no, can you find me an actual attorney that exactly. deals with this stuff? With, with I crime. Don't, I don't want someone who specializes in like contracts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know what kind of business this would, but whatever. Anyways, boy A is just so frustrating. Um, meanwhile, at the other station across town, the police were having better luck with Boy B. Um, oh, was he spilling everything? Kind of. So remember, at this point, Boy B had been interviewed five times since the start of the investigation. What? Yes, because he was the one. Remember, Boy B was the one that went to get Anna. Yeah. At the at her house and took her to the park. And I so, didn't realize he'd been questioned five times. Well, he, he was questioned five times because it was the police that went there first, right? And then he said, okay. no, I, I, don't, I didn't see her. I don't know where she is. Or, and then the second time, and then three more times before the arrest. In total, in the trial, they had 16 hours of interview with boy B and in total he was interviewed nine times. Wow. So, uh, and you'll see what happens with that, what his lawyers kind of suggest about that later. 
I think since he had been interviewed so many times, he was no doubt mentally exhausted by all of this. And he's a 13-year-old boy. So since I think they were able to break him down easier than boy A, the truth was coming out more and more. So first, he did admit that he saw Anna go into the room with boy A. And then that boy A told him to leave. So... Um, B went and explored the house. So basically what he's saying here is he took Anna to the house. He saw Anna go in the room with boy A in this abandoned house. And then A tells him to leave. So boy B doesn't leave the house. He's just around exploring the house. Um, He's not a very good listener. No. uh Uh-uh. So he says that when he's exploring this house, he hears uh, some shuffling and a scream. So he runs back to that room where he saw Anna go in with boy A. And he said, that's when he saw boy A flip Anna to the floor. So what I'm imagining in my head is boy A takes Anna and kind of like just throws her down on the floor, like flips her over and down on the floor. And then he says that Boy A started to choke her and pull her clothes off, and Anna was screaming, no, no, don't do this. Um, And then he says at one point, Boy A and Anna look towards him in the doorway, and that's when he runs. He doesn't try to stop this boy that's attacking this girl. He just just runs away. They look at him, and he runs away. Like, you're you're hearing this girl literally i mean she's not specifically calling for help but she's saying like no stop she doesn't know anyone else is in the house because a told b to leave so yeah. she thinks he's gone yeah and then she turns and you know her thought is like oh, oh good here yeah thank and you and then he turns and he leaves and he leaves could you imagine just thinking about anna and what she must have been going through is just Uh, it's heartbreaking. He says he notices that uh, boy A had a blank look on his face so that when they both looked at him and he was standing in that doorway, he said that boy A just had like this blank look on his face, like just no expression. Right. Like he wasn't feeling anything. He was just kind of going through. Exactly. And I am almost positive that Anna didn't have a blank look on her face. I'm sure she had a look of terror and fear and maybe hopeful that this other kid was going to help her. I don't know. I get really upset. Um, So they take all of this back to boy A, actually. So they take a transcript of this interview that they just did with B and they take it back to boy A and they're reading it to him. They're reading like, yes, I saw her go in with boy A. He flips her to the ground, starts choking her. You know, they're reading all of this to him. And he just sits there stone cold and tells the police he's lying. He's lying. None of that happened. Like this boy is, there is blood on his shoe. And he is still lying. If this was me and I was boy A and I really had not done this and I thought boy B was lying, I would have the biggest, no, that wasn't, how could you believe, like, I would have the biggest reaction to this. I just, just the, he's lying. Yeah, he's, he's lying. 
can do you want to look up some horse porn? Like, <laughs> he's like. <laughs> Um, even with the constant denials, though, and no confession, the police still felt like they had all they needed to charge A with murder, obviously. And um, that evening, uh, he was held in the juvenile, um, it was like a juvenile detention center in Dublin. Um, however, boy B was released back to the custody of his parents. But don't worry, that's not going to last long. I have conflicting uh, feelings about Boy B, and I'll explain that later. Anyways, a few days later, more charges were beginning to mount on Boy A as test on the evidence they found in the home, specifically the items that would soon be known as the murder kit backpack that they found in Boy A's home all tested positive as having Anna's blood on them. So all of those items in his backpack, in his little murder kit that they found at home, had Anna's blood on it, Um, as well as the semen on Anna's top matched boy A. So that was his. This kid, like, you would think with all, maybe they, I don't know. I would think with watching all of this, horror like torture stuff somewhere along the line he would see something about cleaning up after himself exactly exactly or my whole thing that gets me is just the sheer just audacity to sit there when I know these cops knew in their head they had no doubt in their mind that this that he was responsible for her murder and he's just sitting there no oh blood on my shoe are you kidding me that's crazy Do you have more video of these yes two let's people? let's the, look into these those two the people that, those yeah. are the men that beat me yeah really because that one right there is very obviously female exactly so once they matched the dna on anna's top with his uh they added aggravated assault to his uh original charge of murder too. So now he has murder and aggravated assault. Um, so as more evidence was being tested, uh, the police arrest boy B on July 8th. So remember he was sent home after the interviews, after they were arrested the first time, but then he was rearrested on July 8th and he was interviewed three more times (laughs) and shown more evidence that prompted him to reveal more of what happened that day. So I think all, you know, the strategy behind that was okay. Like he's telling us, we'll let him go home we're going to mount some more evidence. We're going to bring him in. And this kid is going to see all of this evidence and he's going to have no choice. Right. They showed him the evidence that they had. He identified the mask as the mask that a wore that day and told the police that he had made that mask last Halloween boy. A did. And he thought it was super cool. Uh, like that was like a super cool mask boy. A made it. And he, they just like, they loved that mask. This mask was like a cool, freaky thing. Anyways, um, but he continued to deny any involvement in the attack. He did say he picked up the stick, though, that they found when they entered the room. So at one point he says, I think I picked up the stick, but he maintains he did nothing with the stick. Like, that was all boy A. So I wonder if he... I'm probably I'm getting ahead of your story. I'm really good at that. But 
the boy B, if he did something with the stick, uh-huh. he's probably thinking they have all this evidence they've already got against boy A. Yeah. They're probably going to find, uh, find my, my DNA on the stick. Yeah. They're like, I have to explain that yeah, somehow. Because exactly. that's how these people always think. They're like, well, I have to come up with some kind of story. Exactly. Because they never, they never even came up or brought up any physical evidence they had against B. The only thing they had on B was his words. What they had on A was physical evidence, but what they had on B was his words and his words alone. And Well, um, that and the fact that, I mean, B was the one seen walking Anna. B was the one that came to her house. Exactly. So and. the reason they didn't find any fingerprints, anybody else's fingerprints in there, except for Anna, was because boy A was wearing gloves. Yeah. So he he was fully dressed. He was fully ready. You can't tell me that boy didn't have, this wasn't premeditated. This wasn't a plan. And, yeah, and with knee pads and shin exactly. guards. Exactly. And that's where we get into it more. He also admitted that a month uh, prior to Anna's murder, they the two boys had a conversation and boy A says, hey, want to kill somebody? And boy B was like, no. And boy A was, why not? And boy B was like, because, and I hate using this word, it's retarded. And boy, and this is the transcript I'm reading. And boy A says, oh, come on. And boy B says, who are you planning on killing? A, Anna Kreisel. And boy B says, in your dreams. So he says that this was a whole conversation and that he didn't report this, tell anyone about this, think this was weird because what everybody says, whenever somebody tells them that they, they were, I thought they were joking. Exactly. He named a very specific girl and you thought he was joking. Yep. And so, um, not just any girl, the weird girl with no friends. Exactly. Exactly. Come on, boy B. Seriously. Okay. So the police um, asked him directly, why didn't you try to save Anna? Like, why didn't you do anything to help her? And he was claiming that the whole time he was just shocked and frozen. And then they asked, well, why did you keep lying to us from the very beginning? Why was your whole story a lie? And he said, I just wanted to forget that it even happened. Okay. I was hoping he would say he was afraid of boy A. Exactly. But he said he didn't know what to do and he wanted to forget it ever happened. And then as they continued to press him on why he didn't stop or help Anna, still, he simply said, I don't know. Now, I will take that as an answer. Well, yeah. As a parent, though, if I'm sitting there, because I think his parents sat in on the interviews as well, as well Mm -hmm. as a lawyer, I would be sick to my stomach knowing that my child was in a room while another child was being hurt to that degree. And hurt isn't a big, like assaulted. Yeah. And didn't know what to do. I would hope I would bring up my child better so that they knew, okay, if you have to leave, leave, but you go tell somebody right away. Yeah. Like leave, but get help. Yeah. If you can't help the person, if you're scared and you can't help the person, you go and you find somebody that can. Right. You don't. 
go and say, oh, I don't know. I, I left her in the park and I went home. Exactly. And- that is another human being. Even though um, he still insisted that he had nothing to do with the actual killing of Anna, he was charged with assisting in her murder. So they did. Good. He was rearrested and they didn't let him go that second time. Right. Because she wouldn't have even gone to to the park. No, if it wasn't if for he him. Hadn't gotten her. He went and got her. He lured her. Yeah. He used bait to get her to the place where she was going to die. Yeah, so absolutely he helped. Yes, exactly. So now we get to the trial. Um, And the trial and court proceedings, they move a lot differently in Ireland. At first, the boys were assigned because of their age to child court. But since the charges were considered adult offenses, it was assigned to like the higher state court. Um, Now, when you are charged with a crime and you are facing a trial or waiting for your trial, you have to apply for bail, which they both did. But applying for bail takes a while. Like, it's not like the judge just automatically assigns bail. Um, Mm -hmm. Here, you know, when you have a bail hearing and then, you know, it happens and the judge there, you actually apply for it. You don't go in front of a judge to ask for it. You apply for it. And then when, when they get to your bail, they get to your bail, right? Um, so here's what I was talking about before. This is an interesting note. In Ireland, the legal age of responsibility is 12, but that drops to 10 years old when rape is involved. So both boys were 13 and they were the youngest people to be charged with murder there. Like the youngest. So this was unheard of. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure their parent. I mean, their identities have been protected, yeah. so no one really knows. But you know that just like kills those parents, yeah. Because like, every parent dreams that their child is going to be the best at something or number one in something, and here they are, exactly the youngest people ever charged with murder, exactly. And usually there is a eighteen to twenty four month wait in Ireland between the time someone is charged and tried in court for a murder trial. Um, mm-hmm. But for this case. It was a four, it was like basically four week trial that was cleared to start in 2019. So this went fast. Was that also because they were so young? I think so. I think justice just wanted to be served in this case. And since they were the youngest, I think they were trying to minimize also any ongoing Because, right, you have to presume innocence before you presume guilt. So they didn't want to have it, and you'll hear about this in a second, keep the boys in jail awaiting a trial Mm -hmm. and have all that time pass, and they're so young, if they really didn't do it. Yeah. So I think that had something to do with it, too. Okay. Now, people were working really hard to bring justice for Anna. Forensic uh, Ireland staff even worked evenings and weekends to process all the evidence they had and make sure they went over everything. And this is what I was talking about before, but they also mentioned the part of the reason proceedings were sped up is that since the boys had to apply for bail to the high court and didn't get it yet, they didn't want them sitting in a custody in custody till trial, especially you know, like I said before, them being innocent before. So that, I mean, even though there's honestly zero question of it. Yeah. So they would spend two months in custody before he was, before they were granted, uh, 
they were granted bail, which they were actually granted bail, <laughs> believe it or not. So they spent How two much? months in custody and then they were granted bail. Boy A just spent two months in custody before he was granted bail and boy B got bail after a month in custody. Okay. Um, so they were both technically free till the trial started in April of 2019. I mean, I would not. Yeah, it was it was a very there was a lot of conditions with this uh, with this bail and supervision and as there should yeah be. there was they were basically someone was with them the whole time whether it was their parent or whatever they were watched very closely. Good um, boy A and B were actually tried at the same time, and boys boy A's. Uh, attorneys or counselors as they're called in Ireland uh, tried to stop this from happening they didn't want him tried with boy B they wanted two separate trials but the judge was like no we're going to try them together so they had the trial and the case against boy A was that the prosecution claimed that A and B had planned the attack um, that A waited at the house for Anna with his backpack, his little murder kit, um, and that they used the fact that Anna had a crush on A as bait to get her there. He attacked her, sexually assaulted her, and murdered her, and there was just a lot of physical evidence stacked against him. Now, his defense claimed that boy A comes from a very stable and loving home. He has no prior record of um, mental illness or criminal history, but they did admit that, yeah, there's a lot of physical evidence stacked, you know, against our client. Um, His lawyers weren't really denying that he had something to do with her death. I mean, how are you going to deny with all that physical evidence? Yeah. But they wanted to take away the thought that he had planned it, like B had insisted. No, he absolutely planned it. Oh, he did. You have a murder kit. Well, not just that, but you know he did this because Anna had a crush on him. And he was probably embarrassed. His friends probably made fun of him because Anna, the weird girl, had a crush on him. Yeah, And that's, and you know, he... Honestly, with all the stuff he was into, he probably would have committed a murder at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think anyway. I definitely think so. And uh, it just came up a little early because yeah. this was a trigger for him because his fragile little ego couldn't handle someone having a crush on him. Well, and because he's just naturally, I think this kid, it, there's something mentally wrong with him, like automatically. So how are you going to say that he didn't plan it? I'm yeah. just, I'm stuck No, on that's, that. I think that was kind of like their edge here was that he didn't plan it. And what they say or what they insisted was um, they described it like he just had a fight with her. Like she said, I like you. And he tried to turn her down and somehow it turned into a fight and he didn't mean to kill her. That's kind of how they played this whole thing out in trial. So it was an accident gone horribly wrong. Yeah, because in which he tore her clothes off and raped her with a stick. Well, yeah. And my immediate response when someone says I like you and I don't like them is murder. Like, no. Hello. Like, I, I don't understand how we get to that point, because then I would have murdered a lot of people in my life. Yeah. Actually, no, if it was, I think a lot of people would have murdered me. <laughs> I like you. Oh, sorry, you don't? Okay. 
<laughs> um, so he showed little to no emotion at trial, this boy. It's because he and has no emotions. Exactly. I think he's a sociopath. But even, you know what? They had psychologists, and I, and I didn't even add this in my notes because I, at this point I was done with boy A. Um, and I'm like, duh, because uh, I thought the psychologists have to be wrong. They did thorough analysis, not analysis. They did thorough, like, put him through all types of tests and interviews and stuff like that when he was in custody with psychologists. And the psychologists were like, no, there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> like, well, at 13 and 14 years old, I don't think you actually can be diagnosed with that stuff. Yes, you can. There was like a... a eight-year-old or a four-year-old that was diagnosed with schizophrenia on Oprah. Schizophrenia is different. Schizophrenia comes with hallucinations. Oh, okay. Something like sociopathy. Oh, yeah. Because that is more uh, behavior based Mm -hmm. and thought based. Um, You actually can't be positively diagnosed with that until you're older. They're actually hesitant. They're hesitant to uh, diagnose anyone that's a minor, like 17-year-olds. Well, they yeah. won't. Yeah. I remember watching that Oprah episode with, you know, who? have you seen that episode with that little girl uh, who was schizophrenic, like, at, gosh, I want to say four years old. That's so and sad. And they followed her life, and they st- there's still, like, interviews with her and stuff like that. They had two children, and even the youngest brother was diagnosed with it as well. That's so crazy because schizophrenia is one of those ones that you can be diagnosed with it super early, uh but it, it's very rare for it to manifest that early. Like it'll usually manifest for most people. It's later in in their, it's in their early twenties. So like anywhere from like 18 to 25 is pretty common for an initial break. But I have to imagine, I have to imagine there are certain behaviors, little things that you probably, don't catch on to, especially if you're a new parent or you're not around other people's kids a lot that later on seem like, yeah, that was a little different. And one of my best friends growing up was diagnosed schizophrenic in ninth grade. Oh, wow. And he never exhibited anything. Really? Yeah, that sucks. You don't, until they have a break, like it's completely possible to not see a single thing. Yeah. Which is so crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he showed little or no emotion at trial. And even before the trial and after the trial, it was said that he really didn't understand and didn't really comprehend the devastation that his actions caused to Anna's family or his own. Like, he was kind of ambivalent to it. Like, I mean, no. Like, why are my parents so sad? I don't get it. Like, why are all these people like so emotional about exactly? This? Like, so, see, to me, that shows a sign of some sociopathic, uh, you know, tendency. But like you said, if they can't diagnose diagnose it at that early of an age, they can't. But those would be one of the things that later on, let's say he is diagnosed with oh, that, yeah. that you can say, well, yeah, look at what he did when he was thirteen. So, anyways, the case um, against Boy B. So his defense, uh, their whole plan was that this is boy B. He comes from a hardworking and law-abiding family. Boy B is actually super smart. And he uh, always scored higher than average um, at school. 
the defense, his defense and his lawyers were saying, listen, this is a smart boy uh, who was bullied to go through this plan oh, by boy this A. Poor boy. Exactly. And he thought A was joking. So he didn't know he was going to do that to Anna once he brought her there, which, uh, no, no, sorry. If, even if I thought, if someone has a conversation with me, I'm, I want to kill so-and-so. And then suddenly one day they're like, hey, you should trick so-and-so to coming to this abandoned house in a park with me. I would be like, no, thanks. Especially uh, when it's, I feel bad for saying this. It's this girl who has no friends. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, why do you want to invite her over here to hang out with us? We don't like her. We're not friends exactly. with her. And if you're you so you smart, to kill her. if you're so smart, get out of it Honestly. and tell someone. So anyways, I'm very mad at boy B. I'm very mad at everybody. And I just want to hug Anna's parents. He also, his defense team basically said that he only lied to police because he suffered major post-traumatic stress after witnessing the murder um, in which he just remained frozen. So they're saying that the reason he lied to police, the reason he never got his story straight is because he was suffering from post-traumatic stress from witnessing the murder and they even diagnosed him as such before the trial started. So they had a psychologist. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely say that this poor boy probably has PTSD, which they don't call it PTSD anymore. They don't? No, they don't call it a disorder anymore because of the connotations of the word disorder. Oh, so just post-traumatic, it's post-traumatic stress syndrome. Syndrome. Okay, I believe is what it call- it's called. Now. Okay, I would I would completely agree that he probably does have post-traumatic yeah. stress, mm-hmm. but that didn't cause him to conveniently no. forget or lie no. about what happened. He lied because he was scared. Yeah, and they basically just relied on the fact that um, he had no physical role in the murder of Anna. Like no he, physical role, he had but no, he, and ex- exactly, but he, he was a key player. Exactly, uh, the prosecution relied on um, on most of his evidence from the interviews. So there, they kind of laid upon the fact, like, listen, this boy obviously knew about the plan. His lies and ever changing story are kind of like admission of guilt in a way, you know. Yeah. He knew what would happen, and he still lured Anna to that plan. And he witnessed what happened, and he didn't tell Never anyone. Stopped. He deliberately lied about it and misled yeah. the investigation. I mean, he didn't exactly. mislead them for long because yeah. he's a child and he's dumb. Yeah. But, but he never stopped it, and no. he never told anybody after the fact either. Because for me, it's one thing. Okay, I witnessed this horrible thing. I'm going to go tell somebody mm-hmm. like, okay. So let's say my friend, okay. I thought you were joking. Okay. Ha ha. I'll bring her here, but I know you're joking about the whole thing. And then it actually happens. I then, yeah, I'm going to go tell somebody. Yeah. And I think me telling the truth first would cover my own butt more than lying about mm-hmm. everything. Unless I had something to cover up more. Right. Because at the very least, then you can say, well, 
I I had something to do with it, but I came and I told you. So I helped the investigation and maybe you could talk yourself out of something that way. Like you get a deal for helping, but. Exactly. And so the prosecution also um, used, you know, those interviews against him a lot, of course, with the lying and stuff like that, but also with Boy B's poor view of Anna, which is he clearly has, and he says many times throughout the interviews, um, at one point in the interviews, Boy B calls Anna an outcast. She's weird. She dressed slutty. What? No one liked her. Yeah, he says all of these things about her throughout the interview. So they played that. Can you imagine, by the way, being um, being Anna's parents and sitting through that and listening to this asshole of a boy talk about your daughter like that? I mean, and I'm not so shocked about them saying she's weird and didn't yeah. like her very much. That's not, but like, she dressed. She light. dressed like a slut. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She probably dressed like every other 14-year-old girl she did. She who did. shops at Abercrombie and exactly. just wants to be cute. Like She did. Yeah. There was nothing, nothing about Anna. She didn't, was like that at all. So, by the way, I want to note that the jurors did not hear uh, much even at all of the phone evidence against A. So, oh. the only thing the juror, because that was that was thrown out before trial started. Um, The only thing that they heard and that was emphasized throughout the trial was the CCTV footage. Um, All the lies he told the police, boy A and boy B of men, you know, boy A of that men attacking him and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And the physical evidence. Okay. For boy B, it was mostly the 16 hours worth of police interviews that they (laughs) had to go on. So, so know that these juries, they didn't know about the horse porn. They didn't know about the graphic violence towards women that obviously boy A had a fetish for. I can understand why it got thrown out. Exactly. Well, because I mean that, right? Someone could watch that and it doesn't mean they're going to murder somebody. Right. Right. So, I mean, in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, look at this kit. But like. At the time of the trial, it's definitely information that skews your perception of the kid. Yes, yes. And I also want to note, too, um, that there was never a motive for this murder. Like, they could never figure out a motive ever for any of it. So, Boy A saw Anna as a target, an easy target. And I think he was fascinated by murder and things like that. And I think he just wanted to... Live out I, this fantasy. Based I, I on think so. All of this porn and everything that he was. I watching. think so. I, I think I don't think he was embarrassed. I think he is a psychotic wackadoo, and he fooled Boy B into helping him with his plan, and it worked. So I don't know. Anyways, in the end, after six week trial, the jury began deliberations on June twelfth. They took 14 hours and 24 minutes over the course of five days to decide the fate of the two boys. And so on June 18th, the jury found boy A guilty of murder and aggravated sexual assault and boy B guilty of murder. So they even found boy B guilty of murder, even though he physically had nothing to do with it. The murder wouldn't have happened without him, though. Exactly. So... 
they I found get it. him yeah. guilty of murder. Um, sentencing happened on uh, July 15th, 2019. Boy A was sentenced to life uh, for the first count of murder. Um, and so the way it happens in Ireland, especially with underage kids, is so boy A is sentenced to life, right? But in mm-hmm. 12 years, he'll get a file review. And that is when they can modify the sentence. They can either shorten it or extend it. Oh. Yeah. So, And that's uh, only because he's a minor. And that's only because he's a minor. Yes. Interesting. He was also convicted of aggravated assault, which he got 12 years for, but that is going to be served con- concurrently with the life term. Yeah. Boy B, oh, also boy A uh, is registered as a sex offender, obviously. Good. Yeah. Boy B will serve only 15 years, but he gets a file review after eight years in which, again, the sentence can be modified. He can either get more time or short time. Okay. Um, their identities will be protected till after they turn 18. So still nobody knows their identities. And like, even when they did the jury selection and picked the jury, the judge basically like threatened the jury so hard that if anybody ever reveals the identity of these boys, um, like, they will severely be punished. Anybody like press anyone, but, and, and this is what I agree with, um, throughout the trial, the fact that the boys were so protect protected from like having their identities known, they even got to leave the courtroom when they were going over the physical evidence and Anna's injuries. They let the boys not being there because they felt it was too graphic they did this, but yet the judge excused both of the boys from having to listen. Because to, it was too graphic. Because it was to too hear. graphic. Yet Anna's parents and her family sat in that courtroom. Yeah. And listened to all of that. They also, the judge uh, also, after every hour of trial, they had to take a mandatory 15 minute break. Because boy B was actually starting to have panic attacks. And so the judge. Exactly. So the judge thought, okay, these are young boys. We should give them breaks. And then at one point too, after one panic attack that they actually had to call an ambulance to come help boy uh, B with the panic attack. um, The the trial was usually lasting, you know, like from eight in the morning to like four thirty in the mm-hmm. evening. He made a mandatory stop time of two thirty. Oh, these poor precious yeah, babies! Yeah, because the, they're exhausted and they're mentally and um, emotionally just fragile. Exactly, no, they're not. So my whole thing is they. These boys were so protected, yet Anna's whole life was basically on display. And so that was like a course of, uh, that was a source of contention throughout Ireland. Many felt that the boys did not deserve that type of, you right. know, of protection, um, especially with the conviction they got. Yeah, I agree that it, um, because of the law, I mm-hmm. understand that their identity need to be protected during, but yeah, I feel like but the second they were convicted and sentenced, exactly, they lose the right to any privacy. 
Well, Anna, there's no privacy in this for Anna. No, we all know her name and she was a minor. Exactly. And we all know know the horrific way in which she was found, the horrific way in which she was killed. Her family history, the fact she was adopted. and Her family sat through that. But the boys got breaks. And they didn't have to be there when they talked about it. Like, to me, that's... uh, you need to take responsibility. Like this is what you did. You were capable of performing these acts. You can sit here and listen to us talk about them. Exactly. Look at the photographs and exactly. Anyways. So I didn't want to end with just, you know, talking of those two boys. I, I want to end with this with Anna Um, So Anna was actually laid to rest on May 18th, 2018. So after, you know, all the stuff, the investigation, the autopsy, she was laid to rest at the Newlands Cross Crematorium in Dublin and hundreds, hundreds of people came out to pay their respects to Anna and to be there for her parents. Um, She loved Disney movies and her favorite Disney song was A Whole New World. So, uh, so that was playing when her remains arrived. And her remains arrived with a police escort. So the police escorted her remains to the, uh, to the place. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I know. Um, and since Anna loved color, her parents asked guests to dress accordingly. Oh, that's so cute. Uh, So according to people there, it was like a sea of just sparkle and color over all, like nobody was in black. Everyone wore bright colors and sparkles and sequins and glitter. Um, There were packed buses of Anna's schoolmates and her dance group that all came and they had, uh, they wore white and red bandanas and they like, Tons of them came, which for me, it's like, I want to be like, where were you? Yeah, I want to be like, where were you when she was walking home off the bus by herself? Like, but then at the same time, I'm like, that's nice for her parents to feel that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Um, because, you know, her parents were so worried, like, it's just going to be us there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and. Anna's mom, Geraldine, spoke of her daughter, stating, um, I mean, her whole speech, I read the whole thing. It was beautiful. Uh, but one thing that really stuck out to me was um, the, this beautiful young girl has been taken away from us, yet there is something that can never be taken away, and that is the experience of giving and receiving love. So just the fact that, you know, Anna's parents loved her so much and in return Anna loved them so much and that's that's never going to be taken away from them and that's never going to be taken away from Anna um laid upon her coffin was a miniature figure of the Eiffel Tower she loved France um her dad was born you know there and uh they also had a Russian flag a little Russian flag laid on top and then um a Russian nesting doll, similar to the one that her parents used to announce her adoption um, to the family and friends. They had they laid one on top of her coffin, 
uh, with her. So they had those three little little things on her coffin when she was buried. So I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Because that's how it started, and then that's how it ended. Yeah. So, yeah. The whole, the whole new world. I like oh. now every time I hear that song, I'm not going to be able to control myself. So that is the story of Anna Kreisel. And man, that is rough. Yes. And now, like you say, it is out of my head and now it's in yours. Know, and now it's in mine. So you're I was welcome. fine until you talked about the memorial and all the color. And, well, I wanted to end with that because I think it should end. It started with Anna. It with should her, end yeah. with Anna. And, I don't care um, about the boys. No, I, I could care less what happens to them. I, I don't care. And uh, I just, Anna's parents is who I think about like but the mom is right right that's the love that they have for Anna and that Anna had for them that's something that those two boys could never take away so I hope they adopt again uh I don't think they will I don't think they will but like I hope they do yeah I don't think they will they were they were older parents too Mm. so that's so sad I know I know. So you're welcome. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Thanks. I got through that, though. Every time I thought of a whole new world, I'm like bawling in my car. (laughs) All right. Well, how do we end this again? I don't don't know. Thanks oh, for listening. Man. Get out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out. Oh. Just press stop now. Yeah. Okay. This is just uh, done. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for recommending us to your friends. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the memories. <laughs> um, connect with us on Instagram. No. Uh, Facebook. Email us. It's alternative interest podcast everywhere. We're at Gmail for our email. Um, you can also take a look at our website. Send us a case suggestion if you have one. Because like I said, <laughs> you don't send us suggestions. So we give you horrible things like this. <laughs> and, and, and just like our posts. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Just like, I mean, you see it. It doesn't. It's two like, taps. <laughs> all you have to do is then like tap it. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I I don't understand. <laughs> like, tap it. Uh, I thought. <laughs> Oh my god! I am having trouble. I really am. It's like I'm like I know people saw this. (laughs) Just just tap it, okay? Tap it. Before we're getting decent downloads, (laughs) you should get on the portal more often. (laughs) Okay, I I get the downloads, but that doesn't release endorphins when I notifications. You guys, I want just. Please just tap it, okay? Oh, That's man. all I'm asking you. Tap that heart 
tap that like. Oh man, tap that. <laughs> we oh. will see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>